Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I'm in fact Spud Goodman. Get him out of here! And you're now right listening. Yeah, you're now listening to my radio show. Okay, um, this thing is not an invitation-only kind of deal. There's, there's no big beautiful wall here, thank God. Uh, just about everyone's welcome to listen. I mean, really the only people I would deny permission to be tuned in right now are people who are inhabited by evil entities. And I, I know that might mean we'll take a hit in the ratings, but I do have some standards, okay? Yeah, I do. Um, well, maybe with you know those with entities that were not 100% evil could get a provisional pass following a throw thorough review. I mean, like, you know, like if their behavior isn't totally heinous. Everyone deserves a do-over if circumstances merit it. Uh, with that said, I need to introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a hearty belly laugh, if you would. Oh, really? Yeah. This early in the yeah. show? Oh, I generally like to warm up to a hearty belly laugh, you know. Okay, here goes. <laughs> Oh, I have to say that was pretty good. And I didn't pull a muscle or anything. Yeah, I'm impressed. Thank you. So so now I'm forced to sort of introduce our uh, temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Hey, mumble something and let's get moving here because we've got a lot of stuff crammed into the show. Well, as you know, I have recently enrolled in an online class in proper diction. I I told you I I got a B plus on my first test. Well, I could never, ever mumble. Not ever again. I will say clearly and distinctly that I'm excited to yeah, be Yeah, I know. Here. I know you're excited about the show. You always say that, man. You could have mumbled that and would have been well, just as meaningful. Um, I think it'd be actually... Gerald, I have noticed that you have been pronouncing your words much more clearly. Oh, I thank you, Mrs. Jarvitz. But, That's nice to but, hear. But, 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 uh, I didn't say I prefer it. Oh. Actually, I liked it better when you mumble. Oh. It's more like background noise that's easy to tune out, but that's just my take. Yeah, well, uh, let me say sorry, but no more mumbling from me. <laughs> okay, then anyway, what I wanted to discuss on the show was that facial recognition program Amazon is offering the world. Oh, I mean, yeah. How big of a big brother do we want? Russia, if you're listening. I don't know how you know listeners in other cities around the world where this show is carried feel about being identified on the spot when they walk into a, a McDonald's or a Taco Bell, but it gives me the creeps. I mean, giving this technology to law enforcement is scary enough, but do I want the kid behind the counter at some fast food place to know everything about me on his screen before I make my order? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's stuff on my permanent record I, I want to keep on the down low. 
Well, like, for instance, you know, once I, I did order four Big Macs for myself. Uh, I told the kid at the counter it was for some friends, uh, but he knew I was lying. I uh, guess now oh. everybody will know. Oh, everyone will know. Oh, Spud, yes. I am very worried about this new technology. It's very intrusive. I may have to start wearing disguises when I go shopping at the mall. No, no, no. You, you guys don't appreciate what assistance this is going to be, not, not just to our police, but also the business world. Listen, how oh. cool will it be, like when I enter a JCPenney's or a Sears, and they already know what size shirt or underwear that I've purchased in the past? I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. You know, with that facial recognition software, things will become so much easier for all of us. I know. I have been labeled as a dinosaur on this show for not jumping on board with all the new gadgets out there, like uh, like, like the DVR or those uh, iPods. And, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I've been ridiculed continually for not having one of those fidget spinners. <laughs> I don't remember ripping you for not owning a fidget spinner. I don't have one myself. But, Gerald, you've been so technology-phobic, you know? Well, Why the sudden embrace of this shady surveillance tool? Do you own Amazon stock? Uh, no. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Uh, listen, I don't feel comfortable detailing my wife's stock portfolio on the air, but let me just say that I'm all good with anything offered by the big A. Uh, they have transformed really? the city of Seattle. You, you know, I have considerable customers from Amazon at my other place of employment, South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that free plug was not cool. Well, and Amazon has been great for the city? Uh, maybe, you know, if you have no desire to ever live in or near it. Well... How did you ever afford to buy that house of yours? It's not in the city, but just outside of it. Your three-bedroom rambler is, what, probably appraised at two million or so? Oh, I gotta tell you, I was afraid to read the latest tax assessment, you know? I, I've, you know, I've mentioned our house was my wife's parents before they moved on to a better place. Oh, I did, I did not know that. They kicked the bucket? Oh, wow. Well, no, they moved to Arizona, but we just assumed their mortgage payments. It's not personal, Sonny. Oh. It's strictly business. Oh, oh, oh. I don't have any strong feelings against Amazon myself. Me either. Uh, well, at least until I read about this new thing. Yeah, another reason why I hate them is I ordered an adult toy, you know, from them a little while ago. The specific you? apparatus I'm not going to identify right now. But it didn't work. It was a piece of crap. And I was just, you know, too embarrassed to return it. That's ridiculous. I still have it somewhere in my apartment. I got I got to deal with it sometime. But anyway, we can return to this topic in a bit. You know, someone uh, play our phone number now so people know the number so they can call in. We can get our listeners' perspective on this topic. Attention, Attention listeners, listeners, get on the phone and call the spotlight. 253-242-3054. Call the spotlight. Call it. All right, well... Let me now introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little or, a little later on in the program. That is correct. Here is Mr. Master. Down around the sassy river, up on the ridge near the sky. Little die. I said I think I need something 
guest Kathy Griffin is on the line. Um, you, you know, you do know she's been banned from most TV and radio shows, right? Yeah. It, I, well, she was very so? rude to President Trump. Are, are you sure this is a good idea for us? And it only makes common sense. This is a talk show, man. I know. On my old TV show, I had Ted Nugent on, God forgive me. Uh, and on this radio show, I, I've had a number of people that some might find controversial. And I want to hear what Kathy has to say. This is a free country, and, and there is that First Amendment dealy Bob still around. Well, 
I am a big fan of Kathy, and I've missed her. Maybe she made a small mistake, but who hasn't? Well, she's she's been uh, in trouble for years. Uh, I read she even got banned by the Hannah Montana show oh, really? before she was to appear way back in 2007 for something she said. So, Spud, are you, you sure you're going to unban her? Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. I'm not the showbiz police dude. The View ha- has banned her a few times, too, but, but they invited her back on in April, so I, I think her life sentence has been commuted. The bottom line is she is freaking funny as hell, so put her through. I, I, okay, very well, if you insist. Welcome back to the show, comedian, actress, author, and now a new one, political celebrity, Kathy Griffin. Hey, thanks much for checking in with us. Thank you so much, Bud. It's good to talk to you again. I love political celebrity. That's a new one. Yeah. That's going on my resume, darn it. It better be. Um, okay, well, before we discuss the last year in your life, let me state you're now out on the Laugh Your Head Off World Tour, and here are a few dates for our listeners around this country. Okay, you're here in Seattle, Saturday night at the Moore Theater, then on 621 in Boston, in New York on 625 at Radio City Music Hall, 626 at Carnegie Hall, pretty cool, uh, 728 in San Diego, and 106 in Philadelphia. So basically nonstop touring after a little hiatus in your career, um, right? A little forced hiatus. Bud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm so, honestly, I'm so thrilled and honored to just be back on stage. Like, ever since that incident happened with, you know, the ketchupy mask Trump photo, everyone knows, we don't have to explain it, the, the, the photo that made me the eighth most Googled person in 2017, you know, I, I now really stand by that photo because it, it's a true First Amendment issue. So much has happened since the, I call it the fake outrage, meaning you know, the level of crap I took, you know, a two-month federal investigation, being on the no-fly list, being on the Interpol list, being stopped at every single airport when I went overseas to play 15 countries in 23 cities because I knew it wasn't safe to play the States yet. Um, Although, I just want to brag, I just did five shows in Canada um, two weeks ago, and I'm going to be honest, I'm I'm glad I got out of there before Trump went over and, like, took a on our neighbor because I at that time I was merely making jokes about how Feckless the daughter Feckless was you know having her eye out on Justin Trudeau because we've seen themes where she looks at Kushner and she's like oh time for me to marry up and then she looks at Trudeau like hi so I was actually tweeting the first uh, the Prime Minister's first lady Sophie Trudeau as well as Trudeau every day right. I was like hey it's me American comedian Kathy Griffin um, just watch your back Feckless might uh, cross the border and try to steal your man so you know, I I got out of there. Next, you know, days later, it's like, oh God, oh God, what did you do now? Wait, what did you just say about Trudeau? Wait, they're a neighbor. What what's happening? So yeah, that's that's the cycle we're living in. So as a comedian, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled I have a story to tell, which right. which is definitely, and I do. I'm, I'm going to be honest. In my Vancouver show, I accidentally did three and a half hours. Oh my God, oh, Springsteen. So wear your costume bag. I'm going to be wearing at least four. Totally Springsteen-esque. All right. <laughs> I, you know what? It's like I do every show, like I might get arrested. Like every single show, I'm like, I walk off stage, I'm like, are there any feds here? Are there, am I, can we just go or are there feds here? Well, let me hit you with this. I wanted to ask you this. Do you think this is an accurate statement? Like in 2017, do you think Ethel Rosenberg would have had a better shot at getting booked on network TV or in theaters? Because it, it was a tough period. How tough was it? 
was. It still is. I mean, keep in mind, no television network or studio or anything, none of them will touch me. I don't have an agent. I don't have a publicist. I'm kind of a one-man band. And so thank God for live touring because the one thing none of those dinosaurs that run all the networks in the studios, the one thing they can't stop people from doing is buying tickets. So I'm so, like, it's sure, I wish I was back on TV. That's kind of how folks know me. Um, But I can't believe and I'm so grateful that I get to come back with what I really like I don't mean to brag but I honestly think it's the best material I've ever had and you know when you've gone through an experience like this that's so personal and it's so unique and even at the time sloppy as I was when I said I want to be a case study I don't want this to happen to someone else you know I have two words for you Samantha B so I I tell the whole story and then to be able to come here and tell it everywhere from, you know, like you said, Seattle at the Moore Theater and to be, you know, be playing Radio City the night before Carnegie Hall. Like, I admit, and this is sort of a D-bag move on my part, I guess, but I kind of wanted to do that as a statement. Like, long after I'm gone, I want some young comedian or young LGBT person or young female who feels like she can't get a break or young person of color to go, wait a minute, that 57-year-old bird, she, you know, took a bunch of heat and she freaking played Radio City, 6,000 seats on on a Monday and Carnegie Hall, 3,000 seats on a Tuesday when they said, when the president said, you will never work again. Yeah. And so that's just, that's the part where I go, okay, like I said, it happened to me, you know, I am able to get through it in a way that these poor people that are getting deported by ICE, et cetera. So that's one of those things where I go, I don't care how many death threats I get. I'm going out and doing these shows and telling the story as long as I can. And I'm going to make people laugh as much as I can while I'm telling it. Because I understand nobody wants like a two-hour First Amendment lecture. Right. But um, I'm also not holding back. So I, I tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, you know, you kind of have a unique perspective to comment on the recent Roseanne incident. Some compared her, like, I don't know, her multiple racist tweets to a, like to that segment we mentioned, you know, with Samantha B on her show. But that's kind of like, in my view, racism clearly, clearly trumps like a, the C word. It's like comparing the, the little kerfuffle we had here in the 1860s of the Falklands War. I don't I don't get the comparison. Do you? <laughs> First of all, I just love you for making a Falklands reference yeah. because just you won me over right there second of all yeah uh, by the way the samantha b and the roseanne thing the fact that they were a day apart was complete coincidence so naturally you know people jump on this comparison but there is no comparison because you know i mean norman lear is a friend of mine and he's told me many times how like i guess my issue with roseanne was stop acting like it's all in the family and stop acting like she's archie bunker and stop acting like she represents the other america because it's too much i mean i believe i'm not saying she is a nazi but she has posted Nazi tweets. She's called David Hogg, one of the Parkland survivors, a a Nazi. This is who Roseanne really is now. So whether or not you care about the actors versus the characters they play, and I, I don't, except in this case. And it's kind of like when it comes to Trump, I keep saying to my friends, liberal, conservative, or otherwise, I understand what you're saying, and we need to go by the rule of law. And, you know, we, you know my beloved Michelle Obama, when they go high, we go low. Not this time. I'm sorry. This is all an exception. And so it's so typical that the same administration, the same people that tried to convince the world, not to mention my own mother, that not only was... I am a member of ISIS because, you know, they're taking out a lot of 57-year-old red-haired comedians from Chicago, um, but that I was actually holding a, any severed head, much less Trump's severed head. So, so many things have happened that are so crazy, like you said, 
a lot of your listeners, a lot of you know my friends, a lot of people that don't live and breathe news like you do and like I have learned that I have to, I get it. You walk by your TV a couple of times and get some news. It's easy to believe something. It's easy to walk by the coverage of the summit. And if you don't know anything about how the North Koreans actually live, it's easy to walk by and go, hey, you know, uh, Trump made some history. So don't worry, I'm coming to the rescue well, <laughs> to walk you through the whole thing about why that summit's a joke, why what he did at the G7 is much more harmful. I was just in Canada three weeks ago doing shows where, by the way, thank, thank goodness I got out of there before the G7. Um, but we're, it's an ever-changing news cycle, and I just want you to know, if you come to my show, I promise you're going to be laughing first. So I'll give you all the Trump stuff, and I'll give you all the stuff you want to hear, all the juicy stuff everybody asks me about, you know, Anderson Cooper that's right. and all well, that that's stuff. that's what I'm going to hit you up on. I want to ask you that. And so let's talk collateral oh, see, damage. I love it. See, I, pr- I kind of pride myself on, like, being in tune with my audience. So I get it. Go ahead. Ask. Well, well you know, we had Anderson Cooper on our show, and, uh, and I'll say for the record, you know, though we, we do like Andy Cohen, New Year's Eve on CNN was not the same for sure without you. It was kind of boring, to be frank. So I just oh, wanted to say that. I would have used the word train wreck, but God love you for boring. Yeah, yeah. So here's my question. Really, is your relationship with Anderson fixable, maybe with an intervention or something? I I don't think he's that kind of guy. Like, I just don't think he and Jeff Zucker, who was my boss at NBC for many years and now for some reason runs CNN, I don't think it's like those guys don't roll like that. You know, they're like old school white privileged guys that have been running things for so long you know, they always thought they were doing me a favor, Zucker in particular. You know, I didn't, just so you know, for the 10 years I did New Year's, where it went from 90 minutes to four and a half hours, I didn't even get paid the first two years. Like, uh-huh. it didn't even occur to me as a female to go, hey, wait a minute, I'm co-hosting a show. Like, shouldn't I get, like, some kind of a salary? And then, you know, Jeff Zucker actually fired me the, the eighth year because I personally called him and asked for a raise. And he was, like, screaming, are you personally calling me? Like, and because my agents wouldn't do it. And so I was like, all right, I'll call him. And, you know, so I sort of tell a story, I lovingly tell a story about how if I meet Sheryl Sandberg, I'm going to slap her in the face because that damn book, Lean In, made me think if I leaned in there'd be a payoff, and I leaned in and I broke my face. So I got, like, fired the eighth year, and, you know, I mean, Anderson never, like, came to the rescue, and he he said he didn't know anything about it. So I, look, I loved him. I loved him. And, you know, I think everyone knows that feeling of in some some time in your life, whether it was high school or the Christmas party at work or relatives, when, you know, we've all felt a dogpile moment in our lives. Mine happened to come from the president and the Department of Justice. <laughs> but I, I admit, I just never thought Anderson would, like, join. Like, I admit that I don't even, like, I, I always say in my show, I don't have a punchline. Like, I, I admit it. You all want to know the story. But no, I don't, I don't think he, like, has it. It's, he's just not, he doesn't think that way. Spud, yeah. If I may interrupt for just a moment. I have long felt that it would be beneficial to bring in a third party, if not a therapist, to mediate our current working relationship. Just as Kathy loves Anderson Cooper, I love you too. But I I wouldn't lie, we do have issues to deal with. Uh, Hey, Kathy, uh, just a sec. Thanks. There's no need for us to love each other to work together on a radio show. Well... I'm content to feel ambivalence towards you, and it works for me. Gerald, 
Don't you think it's a bit presumptuous to ask for an outside party to get involved, you know, with your working relationship with Spud? He is entitled uh, not to like you. That's his right. Well, maybe he's just not wired to connect on a personal level like Anderson does. Oh, uh, Spud, if you change your mind, I know a good person from my church who could lead our mediation. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure, because it'll never happen. Now let me get back to Kathy. All right, I'm back. I thought it was really funny. Um, you know, this is something I thought about. How big do you think a pay-per-view debate between you and Donald Trump would be? Because I think it'd be bigger than any made-for-TV summits. I mean, the guy got in the ring with Vince McMahon, you know, in a WWE event, so anything's possible. Maybe Mark Burnett could produce. What do you think? Okay, I, I agree. First of all, I'm in. So Super. the negotiation's over, I'm in. Second of all, and by the way, you know, it's funny, I actually don't typically like doing that. Like, I've had a million offers to, like, debate Ann Coulter, and I don't want to give Ann Coulter any more oxygen, you know. But debating right. Trump would be, it would be an evisceration. And by the way, that's not a threat. That is not, a, if anyone's listening, that is not a threat. I did not threaten the president. Um, but, no, that would be absolute heaven. Now, you know, you know I went to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and I got into three fights. No, I didn't see it Oh, on my camera. God, Spud, it's my new happen? part of my act, and I admit it. If anyone comes to any of my shows, please go to KathyGriffin.com, sign up for my mailing list. Please be the first to know when I announce my D.C. show, which I think is going to be quite an event. Um, oh, yeah, I, I tell, you know, all, I went to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and I, um, because I have class, I stood there in my Oscar de la Renta ball gown with, you know, a gorgeous train you know beautiful like uh, i could have hosted the oscars in it and i i because i care about america and my public darn it and i'm a patriot i stood outside the men's room and waited for male members of the cabinet to walk out and insult them it was fun and no there were no oh the washington post was there actually they covered it they put me on the cover of the style section because they thought they were going to do a blurb i got into fights with wilbur ross some guy named Hogan, who's Sarah Huckabee Sanders, whatever, and that guy had, you know, I just, just look it up. It was, it was heaven. Wow. Uh, yeah. What, what so in other words, I have not become, I have not become um, the shy flower that you've always known me to be. All right. Well, I've gotten worse. That's I've gotten record. worse, bud. That is verified for the record. All right. Well, let me hit you with this too. Um, you stated in the past, uh, your mom, Maggie, is a big Fox News viewer as, you know, as various hosts there have kind of vilified you. How has it impacted your relationship? Is, is blood thicker than Sean Hannity? Well, first of all, one of the things I talk about is my mother, 98 years young, her birthday was June 10th. She was here with the wine. And um, I have, there's two things I've been able to do effectively I'm very proud of. Um, for some reason, she adores Rachel Maddow. So I convinced her that Rachel Maddow is on Fox. And I'm very proud of this. I got Rachel Maddow to send my mother an autographed photo that said, Dear Maggie, I love it here at Fox. Keep watching Rachel Maddow. So I have my mom turn on Rachel Maddow once a day, and she's, you know, her vision isn't as good as it used to be. She's 98. Her hearing is terrible. So I, I, and I know I shouldn't defend her watching Fox, but I will say, no joke, she probably hears a tenth of it, but she likes the bright colors that they wear, and she likes that they shout. And she also simply likes Sean Hannity because he's Irish. She's shallow, Spud. I'm not going to lie. She's shallow. But no, she finally rallied, and she finally realized that... She said this great line to me one time. She goes, I was watching Hannity the other night, and they were talking about your picture again. And do you know not one of those guys stood up for you? 
I go, Mom, let's break this down. I go, first of all, why are you watching shows with all guys? Like, do you believe in equality at all? And I go, really? Who, it, who did you think was going to stick up for me? Brett Thayer? Tucker Carlson? And she goes, I just thought one of them could have said it was just a picture. So my mom is, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to wean her off the Fox News, but I think, I think she does it to irritate me. So I'm going to try to say that because I want her fans, because she's a bigger star than I am, to love her with full acceptance. Yeah. But it is, I mean, it is funny because her political arguments are, are based on just something insane. Oh, she also keeps asking me, for real, when Bill O'Reilly is coming back from vacation. Oh, really? That's kind of sad. When you, have you told her the truth? No, Spud, I can't bring myself to. She's 98. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I just said he's in the Hamptons with yeah. Matt Lauer. He's in the Hamptons with Matt Lauer. Yeah, so I hope they have multiple bedrooms in that residence. Because it's going to be, they're going to need it down the road. But anyway, all right. All right, let me let me remind everyone, everyone, everyone needs to be on the lookout for you stopping in their city on your Laugh, Your Head Off tour now underway. Kathy, you are a phenomenal guest, and we really, really appreciate you coming back on our show. Spud, you're a doll anytime. There you have it, Ms. Kathy anytime. Griffin. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. We are down north, baby. We on the Spud Goodman Show. And we all scared up. Robots, baby. <laughs> Woo! They come to get our jobs. Oh! We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. You know, getting back to this Amazon facial recognition program that's supposed to be everywhere real soon. Yeah. I can't be the only one who's who's a bit freaked out about it. I can't be the only one. Well, you know, they're saying that we're not getting any calls on the topics, bud. So I think that is a clear verdict that people are ready to welcome this new technology into their lives. I know I am. Yeah, your family definitely owns stock at Amazon. This is just one more step before we're euthanized and the robots take over. Well, mm. I hope I hope you're wrong on that one, Aunt Dorothy, because I, I still have I don't know. a few years left on this planet, and I have plans. And mm. After I'm gone, you know, robots can have a party on my gravesite. I could care less. But I'm not going to let technology ruin what time I have left. You can't prevent everything. Oh, uh, well, okay. What do you know? The board is now telling me we do have a call holding. Uh, do you want to take it? Well, it, it kind of depends on what the caller's going to say. You know, well, I don't it might know. be some shill from Amazon extolling the virtues of their program. Um, you, you put it through. Let me let me see what's up. Uh, I'd like to jump in on the topic, if that's okay. Well, you're on the air right now, so I, I hope you got something to add here. What do you got? All right. Okay. Well, hey, put me down as a big thumbs up for this whole Amazon facial recognition thing. A thumbs up? I think up. it's a great tool for a lot of people around the country. I know. I, for one, am looking forward to upgrading to what I got now. Oh, uh, caller, I don't know if you can this get the exact same software that Amazon offers to, like, uh, law enforcement and our intelligence agencies. 
Look, the facial recognition program that I use now is a big part of my security system at my house, okay? It's an awesome tool to sync up, like, all my cameras and my drones that are in action, like, 24-7. But what I want is I want access to the exact program that the feds use to track the bad guys around the world. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You know, why would you need such high-tech software and equipment? What are you guarding at your house? Caller, are you a meth cook? Uh, who asked me that? Oh, I did. I'm Spud's aunt, and it seems to me you are one paranoid whack job. Now, we don't know that yet, Aunt Dorothy. Oh, maybe. So, so Caller, uh, where were you, like, in the military or something? Are you pissed that you don't have access to the stuff you had on active duty? No, I was not in the military myself. I got plantar fasciitis, and my feet are, like, pretty bad, and I really can't okay. right. do a pull-up or a push-up yeah. very yeah. well either, okay? okay? I mean, working out has never really been my thing. All right. But I do play Jesus. a buttload of Call of Duty all the time, and it sure feels like I've been deployed a bunch. What's your name, scumbag? Okay, well, we're going to put you down as a yes on this, but I think you deserve an asterisk on your vote. Uh, but what comes to mind is, uh, what do your neighbors think of you? My God. Yeah, you know, they're going to feel a little bit different now, but once the, the really starts going down, they're going to be begging me for the intelligence I've compiled. I got everybody within six blocks of my house already identified yeah, and okay. stored on my hard right. drives. Heck, yeah. I haven't got the paper girl and the mailman, and they don't even live in our neighborhood, but they're in my system. Hey, bud, what's your problem? Oh, yeah. If he's not a meth cook, then he's got to be in cahoots with the Russians. Uh, wh wh why would you say that? Look, my aunt likes most people call her, but she clearly doesn't care for you. Right. So I should probably go mm -hmm. now. But thanks for calling in and uh, giving us your take on this, I guess. So. Yeah, and, and hey, uh, caller, can you leave your contact information with our intern Chance uh, before you hang well, up? I ridiculous. might want to consult with you as I've been thinking about installing a state-of-the-art security system at home. You know, besides the safety of my family, I think I would have a lot of fun knowing the bio of everyone knocking on our front door. Yes! I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that you know, would come in handy for me, too. On Saturdays, you know, when the Jehovah Witnesses come to my apartment building. Oh, oh yeah. Because sometimes I mistake them for the Grubhub delivery people, and I've had to go hungry. There's no way I'm taking a chance opening the door. Oh, I got the entire staff of Uber Eats on my system now, so I know immediately who's knocking at my door. I got zero issues with food delivery at my place. That's so hot. Yeah, okay, well, well dump the call, please. Yeah. I'm dump the call, please. I've heard enough. And from Mr. NSA wannabe or whatever, what I... Yeah, you're not going to actually follow up and contact this guy. Are you? Well, you I, hung I up on him. To, so, I don't have time here. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I got to move on. It's time for our musical guest and for me to interview him. Oh, good. Yeah. So please welcome Mr. Master. Gentlemen, identify yourselves and your instrument of choice. My name is Brant. I play guitar. My name's Ian, and I'm the singer, but I like playing guitar. My name's Eric. I play bass. And my name is Mark, rapidly repositioning across the room to a vacant microphone, and uh, I play the drums. Super. Now, word is the band is working on a new EP, and, and one Mr. Brant Park, I guess, also has a side project. Uh, is that 12-foot uh, breed, the, the group he has? Is that correct? So all you guys have been holed up in a studio working a lot, right? Yeah, that's right, Spud. We've been uh, cranking on our new homegrown EP, which we're doing ourselves, which is going to be, you know, a, a great experience and i've got 12 foot breed going with eric here and another gentleman and that's that's cruising along and uh we're just really excited to be you know moving forward and taking that next leap and um we're stoked to be here so super it's been a blast so far yeah well the band's been described as carrying on the seattle sound from the 90s with a bit of a 70s tossed in too how do you plead 
no comment on our genre. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think between all of us, those two decades are definitely the most influential um, for the most part. But, uh, you know, we just love to play and um, we get along really well musically and just on a human level. And um, good things happen when we get together and we, we you know, enjoy it. And I'm stoked to see what keeps rolling forward. Well, yeah. All right. Well, this is a question for drummer Mark uh, Christensen. Uh, what would give you more joy, a hit record or the Seattle S Sonics returning to its rightful place in the NBA? <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Oh, that's um, a toughie, yeah. I say the Sonics. Bring, bring back the Sonics. Thank Guys, you. I'm sorry. Thank you for that. Right answer. right answer. Right answer. Right answer. Oklahoma City doesn't uh, need a basketball uh, team. So for the record, when you guys hit the road, what's the band's preferred go-to toothpaste? Because like, you guys all seem so close that you share. I'm, I'm You share, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't use toothpaste on the road. <laughs> okay, that's for the record. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. Well, well, give, me, give, give me the name of the next song and what's it about? The next song is called Pocket. I don't know what it's about. It's about a pocket, Eric. It's about a pocket. It's about a pocket. Well, let's do it.
as the sky folds under your hands start to shake alone in your world and your earth it begins to quake no more trying to preserve I'm just a fish on the line We're up for air from your pocket baby you push me back down to Goodman Radio Show. Hey, this is uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, and unfortunately, Spud Goodman didn't lose my number, so I'm on his show. Uh, Spud, yeah. You, well, your next guest, Howie Mandel, is waiting to speak with you. Now, he's been on this show a number of times, right? Uh, yeah, you were here in the studio when I interviewed him. Well, sometimes I mistake one celebrity for another. Like, once I told my wife, Rachel, you had interviewed uh, Captain Kangaroo, but really it was Newt Gingrich. That is messed up, yo. Yeah, I interviewed Bob Keisham on my old TV show. You were not there. I mean, I didn't even know you way back then. (laughs) Oh, Gerald, we all know you have no clue who most of the celebrity guests are, but mistaking Newt Gingrich for Captain Kangaroo, that's unforgivable. Well, I mean, it it was on the phone. Oh. Howie is out promoting now his new season, the new season of, you know, of America's Got Talent. Do not, please, do not beg him about an audition, okay? I mean, your, well, your amateur open mic stand-up comedy act might cut it and say Mongolia or Belize has talent, but not his NBC show. Well, I, I disagree. But I've got new material that's really funny stuff, and, and of course it's family-friendly, but I'll respect your wishes. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. Yeah, right answer. Just put the guy through, please. Here he is. Welcome back to the show. Television host, comedian, actor, and producer, Howie Mandel. Thanks much for checking in with us. Yeah, super. Um, so, America's Got Talent is now back for season 13 on NBC, Tuesdays at 8, 7 Central. And this is season 9 for you, so you'd be a definite expert. Does America still have enough talent left, or are we running a little low after all these years? Well, you know, every time I think I've seen everything, I realize I ain't seen nothing yet. We're not running low, and the world isn't running low. You know, the America's Got Talent is basically the world stage. So predominantly it is people from here, but what I've noticed is it's drawing people from far and wide all over the world. You know, we don't have any rules on America's Got Talent. So you could be young, you could be old, you don't have to be American. It's just the contest. You know, it's like Americans could be in the U.S. Open, I mean, in the, in the French Open. 
open or the French people could be in the U.S. open. So what I find is that if people are, you know, have a certain thing that they do and they're in Japan, it's, and even if they're making a living, it's important for them to come to our stage. I ask them all the time when they show up, like, why, why are you here? And they all say the same thing. If you make it here, if you make it in America, or if you do well in America, you become like a world-renowned, you know, success. Whereas if you just stay in your home country, you're just like a local talent or you, you have a... So people are coming from all over the world. And it's amazing. I think each previous season inspires the season that we're watching. Because this season already is bigger, more exciting, scarier, more emotional, funnier, crazier than any other season you know, before. Super. Well, uh, the warm and fuzzy Simon Cowell is back. I, I was wondering if he's mellowed a bit over the years, because I know I have, because it's nice to have at least a couple friends. Uh, it, how's he doing? How's it working with him now, again? I love working with him. You know, I don't know that he's mellowed as much as he's, we're kind of used to that Simon. You know, if you really look back at what he's done, he wasn't mean as much as he's honest. And, you know, he came and we didn't do that in America before he came. And, and that's what we all do now is he's honest. What's amazing and you don't see is he's really compassionate. And, and, and as far as, you know, when the camera goes off, if somebody is, uh, you know, taken their judging badly, he's the first one that hops up on the stage and pats them on the back or gives them a hug and makes sure they're okay. And when they leave the building, they, they don't feel bad. Or and he's an animal lover, so he's he's honest. I think we're seeing also a, an incredible, you know, funny and silly side of him, and you know, and uh, he's incredibly smart, and he has the uh, the wherewithal to uh, take somebody, especially in music, and make them a superstar. Remember, he's the name behind One Direction and Fifth Harmony, and many many acts that we hear each and every day on our radio. All right, okay. Uh, Spud. Yeah. Well, from what Howie says about Simon Cowell, he's actually a nice guy. I, I know you've said Simon is a bit of a jerk, so I guess you're wrong on this one. Oh, uh, hey, man, I, I need a second. Maybe, maybe not. But I sure wish I had someone like Howie here extolling my virtues to the public. He has one loyal coworker. Oh, I'm still not buying Simon as a nice guy. I would like to hear more evidence supporting this position. Yeah, well... Spud, we have received more than a few emails over the years that have compared you to Simon. So I hey, believe... I've, I've never told a musical guest on this show that they should maybe burn their instruments and give asbestos removal a shot as a more realistic career. That man is brutal. Oh. Well, no more brutal than you are to me on this show. Spud, do you not remember the time you told me to quit the radio business and try being a dog walker? <laughs> I don't even like dogs. I'm a cat person. Just let me get back to Howie. All right. Okay, I'm back. Let's go. Well, Howie, have you ever estimated how many acts you've passed judgment on? And looking back, do you have any, like, I don't know, maybe regrets on your scoring, like having second thoughts on it? You know. Yeah, I mean, all the time. I, the number I don't know, you know, uh, but I, I do, you know, I, we are not a rehearsed show. And we are not briefed on what's coming up and what we're about to see. So, and all that is asked of us is that we are, you know, true to ourselves. So we are, you know, and something comes up, we see it, and we go, you know, and, and maybe we're critical or maybe we're effusive and positive and everything, and then, 
you know, they go away and an act later comes up and we go, oh my God, this one is so much better that the one I just told was the best thing I've ever seen. And this is, I, I, oh my, maybe that wasn't as good as I thought it was. Or maybe it was early, maybe I'd seen 10 horrible acts in a row and because this person came on and they were mediocre, or maybe because you weren't in the, you saw some, you know, maybe it was because of the order we saw things in that I passed judgment. So I'm always second guessing. I can't rehearse and I can't decide what I'm going to say. But the truth is that we are speaking like you and everybody at home in the moment. You see it, you say it. And as a human being, sometimes you regret it. Sometimes you don't. But uh, that's just humanity. Right. Okay, super. Well, you know what our show uh, now, right now, we're, we're discussing this new facial recognition software that's everywhere these days. For someone who's been on TV so much, I'm guessing it doesn't bug you as everyone knows who you are and even the minute details of your life history from, like, say, your memoir, Here's the Deal, Don't Touch Me. So for, it's no big deal for you, right? No. Plus, I'm in therapy a couple of times a week. So, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, humans are humans. I, and secrets are, I don't know how good secrets are for anybody. I have no secrets. You can ask me anything. So I'm not one to weigh in on all this recognition. I'm not paranoid about, you know, people getting my stuff, knowing my stuff. You know, right, I just, right. I'm, I'm on television. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing is my life and sharing pays my mortgage and sharing is who I am. So I can't speak to that. All right. Well, I, I don't know. Me personally, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy about some parts of my life coming up on a computer screen when I walk by. Because 1990, 19, yeah, it was, it was 96 or 86. One of those years, it was, they were very bad years, both of them, and I made some dumb decisions. But anyway, moving on, I got to ask you this. Now, how are you been very successful away from the camera as a producer, too? You actually can now be described as a suit. So what's more enjoyable, being the guy who gives a thumbs up or down on a project or the guy who gets paid to just do a job without the hassles, you know, of overseeing stuff? I like. I just love the creativity of passion, and whether that passion is, you know, behind the scenes. You know, I, I'll give you an example. Like recently, one of my favorite Instagram pages is animals doing things. It's kind of a funny page where people send in clips of animals, whether they're domesticated and wild. And I really liked it. And then as a producer, just because I was sitting there by myself looking at these pages, I, I called up Nat Geo and I said, I'd like to produce a show where I can, and I'll present all these clips. And they went, okay. And June 16th on Nat Geo is when it starts, a new series called Animals Doing Things. So I love the ability to just produce. And this was just a page that I didn't make, that I saw, you know, and I said, and, and whereas years ago, I used to wait for somebody to give me the thumbs up and the thumbs down right. to hire me. Right. I like the ability to uh, be able to make something, you know? All right, super. Okay, one last question. I know that must sound good right now. Um, Howie, what, what's the number one tip you can give all of us OCD people out there, all of us, you know, besides just don't think about something and it'll go away because that just doesn't work, at least for me. No, that doesn't work. I mean, the, the fact that you're asking the question and that you're willing to talk about it until you can find whatever your coping skill is, you know, whether it's OCD or whatever mental health issue you have, and that could be even a bad breakup or, you know, pressure or whatever. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a patented, you know, bipolar, OCD, anxiety, and all these other things. Is just talk about it. Let's remove the stigma and let's deal with our mental health the way we deal with, like, with our dental health, you know? You'll go get a checkup. You should go talk to somebody and, 
and get a checkup and find out what it is. There's, right. There are answers, and I'm telling you, it's something that I continue and have been struggling with my entire life, and the fight is worth it, and uh, I'm surrounded by great people who are, uh, are helping me. The only issue is that there is a stigma in most of the world to yeah, mental health. Absolutely. Well, you know, and we got to remove it. you got to ask questions like that and continue to talk about it and ask questions like that, and you'll make the world a better place. All right, thank you for that. All right, well, let me say again that America's Got Talent is now back and airing Tuesdays on NBC at 8, 7 Central. Thanks again for coming back on our show, man. My pleasure, buddy. Mr. Howie Mandel. My, how time flies. You know, Spud, I, I just Googled the Amazon Facial Recognition Program webpage, and I think you're missing out on all the great benefits it brings. Like, did you know that schools in the UK are using this application to take attendance each morning? That frees up a teacher to do other things. Um, um, you suck! And how about all the gambling casinos who use it to identify compulsive gamblers, you know, to help them out? Help them? <laughs> I belong to that sad group of people, and they, they've never helped me. I mean, if they have my face on their system and are watching me lose my on a regular basis, I mean, never once has a, any casino staff ever tapped me on the shoulder after I've lost everything on a slot machine and told me to go home now and do not look at the ATM just a few feet away. I always stay until I've hit, you know, the limit for ATM withdrawals in one day. I could use someone telling me I'm not one jackpot away from winning my money back. You lose! Good day, sir! Well, maybe, uh, you know, your face creates a glitch in the facial recognition programs. You could have one of those one in a million faces that's not recognized. That's possible. I, yeah. I know women, women uh, look right through me like I'm Casper the Ghost. Well, when I gamble, I... all the time, and it's just annoying. Well, I, I'm sorry, Spud. When I gamble, I sure don't want some geek in the casino control room using my face to pull up personal and probably financial information. That's not okay. Mrs. Jarvitz, I think you're overreacting a bit, and I didn't know you two were a compulsive gambler. What? Did, did Spud introduce you to this uh, activity? Shut up. No, I have enjoyed gambling since I was a young girl. It's fun. Don't try and make it one of those sins that you keep talking to me about off the air. I'm happy with my life. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that gambling is as serious of a sin as, say, uh, drinking alcohol or colas. Oh, boy. G good, because I have no intention of stop, you know, playing slot machines. It's one of the few things in life that gives me pleasure. All right. So can we return to the topic of that Amazon facial recognition thingy? You know, I, I, I read the one aspect, though, about it that could actually help me. Uh, since since I have a real hard time, you know, remembering people's names, if I could hook up a, a micro mini camera to my sunglasses, it could give me a, a heads up on someone when they approach me, so, so I don't have to like do my look away move, you know, to cover up that I forgot their name. Mm. Uh, it's basically a trade-off as being thought of as an you know, for ignoring a person, or, or is it just as bad as screwing up their name? It's just stuff that I struggle with. That, you know what? That now, just, now that you brought this know. up, <laughs> you know, bad, you know. have hurt the feelings of my wife and kids on a few occasions. Stop being weak. Uh, you know, you called Rachel Roberta, and well, another time you called my youngest, Dwight, Daryl. That's I, true. Spud, you've come to our home for dinner a number of times. How hard is it to know their names? Yeah, I get it. Your wife 
Um, Ra- Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Uh, she, she's a great cook, by the way. Yes. Uh, I was pretty sure I, I got your kid's name wrong, though. I was close, though. Yeah. And and I don't think this is an age-related thing, but as you've always been horrible at remembering others' names, always I, I you have, and yes, that does include family. For instance, my second husband Ralph, you often called him Rocky. He didn't hmm. seem to mind it, but I Ralph, still, huh? hmm. yeah. Well, I think this technology is going to change the world we live in. Some good things, but mostly not so good. Because oh. uh, I also read that you know it's fairly accurate with white people, but not so much with people of color. You know, okay, I guess I guess there's a chance some black guy could be mistaken for like Ben Carson or Clarence Thomas. Oh, look at my African American over here. But let's be real. There's a much better chance it would be someone wanted on a felony warrant. As a gambler, I would bet my money on that happening. Yeah, okay, yes. Mistakes can be made with facial recognition. But overall, yeah, it's, it's a positive thing. Uh, easy for you to say, dude. You, you, know, you know, we didn't get a ton of calls, though, on this topic. Maybe I'm the only one who's freaking out here and worrying about this thing. Oh, oh the callers, the callers. You know what? I, you know what, Spud? We did have a number of people that called in. What? But you, you never asked me to put any of them through, so I thought you didn't want to take them. What the hell, yo? Are you serious? A, a good call or two would have saved this discussion. It could have been well, interesting. Uh, Spud, this whole show could have been better. Yes, Bud, would you prefer me to handle this duty? Chance is doing such a great job answering no, 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 the phones. No, 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 it's no, no. a shame that someone else is dropping Spud, the ball But I'm here. more than capable of handling this task. Hell will freeze over. I pride myself on my efficiency with our phone calls, and I work well with Chance. No, not and not as never... well as my aunt, you know, Chance the intern actually listens to his girlfriend. You know, we can bring this up at the next staff meeting. Fine. I'm being told i got to wrap the show up. We're running out of time. All right, then. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here's Mr. Master. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions.